The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. This show brought to you by Jersey Ninja. New items added weekly, superior quality products, excellent selection, competitive pricing, 100% satisfaction guaranteed. That's Jersey Ninja at JerseyNinja.com. Your source for great quality hockey jerseys and performance wear products. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Join the revolution and save the galaxy. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Want to know more? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Want to know more? Welcome to another episode of Weeby Geeks. It is the Dashing Duo, Derek and myself, Mike. How you doing, Derek? I'm all right. Well, I'm just glad my weekend, my week is over. <laughs> Going to a hockey game tomorrow night, so excited for that. Ready to, to lash out at some referees. <laughs> my my go to my go to my go to my go to is hey, who let the zebras out of Animal Kingdom? And the referees hit the ice. I get a few chuckles from people around me, but anyway, um, check out the homepage, WeebyGeeks.net. It's all our different affiliates and our latest sponsor, Jersey Ninja, who you heard in our pre-roll. They are also sponsoring the interview we're about to have with Joe Knetter and Sarah French. All right, Joe. Hello, hello. Come lash me on that. No, no, that's, it's actually, good. it's a weird thing because it's pronounced Joe Netter, the K is silent, but okay. it depends on what state you're in. There are, there actually are some states where they, they do pronounce it as you did, the Um Florida I, could be one of them. Listen, I'm going to uh, be honest. That no, the, it was called writer, being wore out for the week. Yeah. Well, you, you sound tired. <laughs> And, and Derek certainly sounded tired, too, because he's, he's <laughs> not exactly a ball of energy. And I think none of us are. Because, and it's sad. I think it's, especially since it's Friday night, you know. Oh, my gosh, it's Friday night. Ten years ago, 15 years ago, I would have been gearing up, ready to go. And now it's more like, can I just chill on the couch for a couple of days? And watch that just sounds like heaven to me. Yeah. So It is heaven. So 10, I don't 15, know what you're talking about. I'm full of energy tonight. <laughs> So 10, 15 years ago, if you remember hearing the, about the rash of prostitute murders in Minnesota, that would have yeah. been Joe. No, that, that wasn't that wasn't that wasn't me. See, here's the thing we're gonna have. All this is leads to conversations from pre-show. This, this is audio, not video. I know. But you keep playing to the camera, like trying well, to just how beautiful you are. And well, I just exist. I just naturally do that. I just exist in my manliness and. Uh, and the thing about those hookers is I was I was not brought up on charges for all those. <laughs> you know. And that's the important part. No, see the thing is you you just dump them off the side of the car and at worst it's you get a littering charge. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This well, is the downfall of my career. We, we have, Hardly. We have I'm kidding. Help. I'm kidding. We we love sex workers, the job they do, it's fantastic. Good save, honey. Yes. Nicely handled. <laughs> we brought y'all back to discuss the movie That's a Wrap. Yay! So tell us a little bit. <laughs> oh, okay. So you, bo- you both saw it, right? Yes. Yes. Loved it. Absolutely right. enjoyed it. I, it's 
I think we talked about in chat when I first started it, because I was watching it at work between shows, I was catching a lot of um, Easter egg references. And then uh-huh. as it kept going, I'm like, okay, I, there were, there was a, there were comments made near the beginning of the film. I'm like, by the end of the film, it was like, oh, this is why they keep referring or why they made that comment. Yes. Because it, it, it literally, you scripted out the, you literally told everyone how it's going to happen right from the start. Yeah. I mean, we, we went into it, you know, we knew we were going to do a meta horror comedy. Um, Marcel Walls, the director really loves Scream and he loves that aspect. And, we knew we couldn't do Scream because Scream is, you know, I think one of the, the greatest horror films of the last 30 years. Um, and we knew we didn't want to do Scary Movie either, which we all love Scary Movie. Uh, particularly for me, Scary Movie 2, I think, is fantastic. So we wanted to do something that kind of was right between Scream and, and Scary Movie. Uh-huh. Um, we wanted to do a meta and we wanted to really make it so that it's, it's we have fun with the indie horror world we exist in. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much every character you see in that movie, uh, we've all worked with before. Yep. Those are real people. You know, when some of the reviews say the characters are two dimensional and they're not real, those are well, actually. You, <laughs> you haven't met these people, but we have yeah. multiple times. Well, welcome to Hollywood. Yeah, so, we live it every day. And we want to just have, have fun with it. And, uh, well, you know, we, we went all in. I mean, I think there's two Amityville jokes in the first 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, well, the line—the line I'm referencing—and I, I think I could—I could say it or paraphrase it without giving away the film—is I believe it was your line, Sarah, as Harper, of "Well, I was the last one killed." A- am I correct on that, or do I have characters confused? I don't. Yeah, I don't. It, it was at the—it was at the rap party. It was the uh, one of the people asks who uh, Harper played. And they say Gretchen. Uh, she was, she the, was final the final girl. girl. Oh, I know that line's in there. Yep. Uh, so okay, I like I said, I'm, yeah. I'm paraphrasing. Yes. And well, if you follow along, for, for that's when I started going. Okay, that's is, is this a knowing you guys after Space Wars, and then mm-hmm. going back thanks to Roku and looking up other films that y'all have done together, starting to get a little idea how Joe's mind works, <laughs> which is scary. Sorry, Joe. Yeah. It's, it's depending on the ones you're watching. I've got some clunkers in there for sure. We all do. Uh, um, but you know, it like, happens. It's a growth thing. You grow. Yeah. I, I, the more you do it, the what I like to do is every movie I write to be different. Um, and I love that Sarah gets to play different characters and everything mm-hmm. and like i said this one was our our way of you know we did the first movie we ever did with blind was uh with marcel walls was called blind and that's a very serious almost a made for tv 70s style drama and with this one it just felt like we could have fun with it and the okay. weird thing was is the night before i started writing it i talked to marcel and we both kind of agreed okay it's gonna be a serious movie and then i sat down and wrote that the first scene um and it just, everything fell in line of what it was going to be with the, you know, the rap parties tomorrow. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to the rap party. Why? Because I'm only in the opening of the movie. Which at that moment, you start going, okay, they're going to set up everything. And we're setting uh, so, yeah, that. She is only in the opening yeah, of the movie. Yeah, and we're just going to have a movie that's fun. And then it's a little serious at the end. We bring up a little bit of a, a serious subject. Um, that, that snuck by me initially. It wasn't until the rap party. Oh, I'm I'm the final girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. No, it's from the the kills. You know, I bet you'll get nailed on a side stage by the end of the yeah the night. And that, you that, know, we just wanted to have fun with setting everything up. That well, like I said, initially I missed the setup. I said I'm I'm not going to be there because I was only in the I was only in the opening. Not thinking. Okay. And then by the time we get to the rap party, I'm like, all right, so the film is, or once, once we got through that sequence and, and then I guess it was after that opening scene, we went to the, the title sequence. Yes. Yeah. So it was after the title sequence that I realized, okay, it's a movie. They're discussing a movie within the movie. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, we're going so I caught, multi-level levels of meta here. So, um, so I caught I was pretty quick catching that. And then it wasn't until the, the final girl comment or quote that I then connected the first kill yeah. to, 
okay, I really got to pay attention to what characters are saying because they are literally going to dictate order here. Yeah, they're going to say everything. And it sets up. Speaking of. And it was so um, fun to. It's like, okay, how, how are we. How Where's the setups going to be and how are they going to actually do it? Like, all right. Yeah, where are we going to go? It, it, it translates so well. I loved it. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, initially in the scripting phase, a lot of it was. We started with kills as well of, of okay, every kill is going to be a mini movie. Um, so then let's figure out what we want there. And then let's just start piecing it together as, as to how we get there. And um, I, I mean, I was so happy with everybody. I mean, we shot that movie in eight days. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that was the other thing I liked too was, you know, Easter egg or homage. It, it had that creep show tells of the crypt vibe to it. Yeah. Well, we which I really enjoyed. And yeah, because it takes place in a studio, you can get crazy with the lighting, the yeah. beautiful lighting and all the different, you know, stuff in the background that belongs in the studio. And um, you can get really creative. Yeah, Marcel uh, Walls, the director, and Marcus Friedlander, our, our DP, who's great, um, are really into beauty and colors and all that. And sometimes it's tough to figure out how to bring in vibrant lights and have it make sense for a movie. Right. This was the one that was like, we're in a studio. Every, every light can be there. The the killer's making many movies, so we can have red lights and rainbow lights. Including and lights. a rain machine. We I, can put a rain machine in the studio. I was hoping I was hoping a shotgun mic was going to drop and impale yeah. someone as well. Through it, yeah. yeah. We, we talked a lot of different... Well, we did a different impaling. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh yeah. There was um before I forget there was one line in the movie that really I don't know why but it really struck me as as funny and uh, I'm not going to give any context for this for the listeners because I don't want to spoil anything but the line my favorite line in the whole movie was I'm not going to die off camera yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> cut to black made me laugh. <laughs> and then you're like oh shit what happened um, <laughs> it's a really great whodunit 90s style, 80s, yeah. 90s style slash. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I think and it keeps you guessing. A lot of people will, will figure out who the killer is. We didn't try to bury it too deep. It was more about having fun and going with it and uh, yeah. presenting opportunities for different people. And, and uh, it, it keeps people entertained. Yes. It, it definitely felt right. like it was inspired by the 80s, 90s horror shows that you saw yeah. on. Yeah. on on TV on Fridays and Saturday nights. Yeah. Monsters, Friday the 13th series. Yes. It it really is our our love of all those. And Mm -hmm. we were lucky that we had a cast who are phenomenal. They all understood their characters and how to play them um, and, and have fun with them. You know, because certainly it's, it's, it borders on the ridiculous at times, but you know, take a character that only, you know, spells out swear words. We've met people like that before. Um, so it's just kind of taking that and amping it up a little bit. And, yeah. uh, I, I, um, I, will, I will say it was entertaining leading up to that one kill. The, the, the actress who spells out the swear words. Yeah. It's like, how is this not a mood killer? No. In the moment, I'm like, because this would have been a mood killer. Yeah. Not really, because he did. They, it, well, he did, wasn't aware of it until. It was until the actions were happening. Finished. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about the kill. I'm not either. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah. The, yeah. The, the, what I was going for there is obviously the, you know, get your, you know, D O N G hard. And there's, she, that character is spelling out so much, but then the line she says, it's already marinating is way worse. That is the worst than, word ever. Than what she's spelling out. It's way worse. <laughs> That's what's funny about it. She's that okay always kills that me. Yeah. That always kills me about people who won't swear or like things you see on TV where they try to they try to change the swears or whatever and you're like, what what you said is so much worse. It's so much worse. So much worse. I no, love it. That's one of my. Great. That's one of my favorite lines. Yeah. Oh, God. It's, it's horrible. It's so horrible. I always to say. cringe every time I hear that. <laughs> um, um, speaking of the, uh, I know you, you said 
a moment ago that you didn't really try to hide too deep who the killer was going to end up being. Yeah. But I did like how you handled the motivation for why the killer was doing the killings. All right. Well, thank you. Yeah, we, we wanted motivation there and we didn't want it to be so obvious who it was, but we, we are we're at a certain point. We're like, you know what? People are probably going to figure it out, but sometimes that's an advantage because people will go, it's so obvious it can't be them. And uh, right, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and there was just ways around. And, you know, it really is our, listen, there's a lot of bullshit in indie horror and indie film in general. There's a lot of egos. There's a lot of bullshit. Well, in film in general, and too. we just yeah. wanted to kind of, you know, yeah. do, do this, which you can't see. It's my middle finger up. Uh, to some of these people that you deal with that are really just shitty people that take advantage of situations and and it's horrible you know we should all be celebrating we get to do what we get to do and and it was why we formed our company with with Marcel is we wanted to Mm -hmm. work with people and treat them right and and have everybody proud of what they're working on and know that you know you're going to work with people that are going to take care of you there's no drama. There's no bullshit. There's no fighting on set. People get paid. We're just going to smile and we're going to have a good time. And yes, you're going to have to maybe do some weird shit, but it's all a part of the character you're going to play. Um, we, we, we talked about briefly before show about one of the kills being, or, or I guess a prop that was tossed around because of a kill. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's where somebody's D-O-N-G. Yeah. Sorry. It's cut off. Yeah, a pretty big one. And uh, <laughs> I actually have it on my bookshelf in my my office. Yeah, we have it. <laughs> I kept it. That was part of the yeah, show. <laughs> okay, yeah. then. Well, I couldn't uh, keep any from Space Wars, so I was like, I'm getting one from this one. Um, <laughs> well, there was no dicks in Space Wars. Frenchie, you just said it. You said a swear word. We've all been spelling out our words. <laughs> Well, oh, shit. Yeah, you fucked up, Frenchie. <laughs> oh, shit. No, no, no. Um, no, that, that, listen, when that scene hit, we, we knew what it was when we came up with it. But then when we got, Marcel called us one day just laughing and said, you need to come over. Um, because oh, yeah. our composer, Klaus, is from Germany. He's fantastic. <laughs> he, on his own, for whatever reason, goes through his insane mind thought a, a, like a Western standoff music was going to fit the scene. <laughs> and it, it really does. It pushes it so yeah. over the top that it's just, <laughs> it's one of those scenes people will it, talk it's about. It's perfect. Yeah. When, when, I, when I saw that sequence go down, I don't know about you, Derek, but I immediately went back to another film that caught, caught me by off guard. I, I know it caught Derek off guard because we, it was another indie horror film that, um, Oh, it, it was a movie called death drop gorgeous. Okay. And they do, a they do a kill involving a guy using a glory hole. <laughs> and on the other side of the glory hole is a meat grinder. Oh, oh nice. <laughs> so I'm like, Okay. Okay. Y'all, y'all hit, y'all hit that level with that particular sequence. I liked it. As Great. twisted as it is, I liked it. <laughs> like, it's unique. It's different. Yeah. It, it's it's kind of a just. It's so batshit insane that it it sums up the movie actually. Um, <laughs> of just saying screw it. Let's just let's just have fun and and. You know, at a certain point, it's it's all the typical tropes. We've got all the characters. We've got the slot. We've got the stoner. We've got the nice girl. And we're just going to separate him and kill him, like the 80s did. Now, and I, we'll get character development here and there a little bit. Um, well, I, I was going to bring up some character development. Uh, the scene near the end uh, with Sarah and Madison. I don't remember Madison's name. Is it Lily? Uh, Monique, but playing Lily, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay, sorry. Um, y'all bring up line of, you know, she mentions, you know, she didn't have a sex scene, anything else. And you kind of mentioned, well, you know, I didn't have to get nude either. Is, was that, what was the backstory behind that? Cause I, I figured that t- it's touching on some reality moments there. Yeah. Um, uh, when I, when I, when this was scripted, 
Monique and Sarah, I think it's comfortable to say, both mm-hmm. did a number of years where they did a lot of nude scenes and sex scenes in movies. Um, a lot of them. And when I, we went to do this one, it's like, let's take the two people that are most commonly expected to get naked and not have them get naked. It's just about their performance and their acting. Um, Cause they're both fantastic actors. And at okay. the same point, we had somebody in the cast that was going to have no problem getting naked for, you know, <laughs> six, seven minutes, whatever the screen time ended up being. Yeah, it was a surprisingly long time. Yeah. yeah. Well, the goal, the goal with it was to have so much that you almost forget she's naked and uh, to go over the top. Because I love those 80s movies, those 80s slashers. And there was always that, that one scene where somebody's going to take their top off to show their breasts. Um, and we just thought, what if we do that? But instead of uh, just a quick shot, it's it's an extended period of the movie. Um, yeah, and it, it, it was successful because after a while you were just like, oh, yeah, she's naked. Yeah, whatever. She's naked. Well, it, and it didn't it didn't come across as gratuitous either. It yeah. I mean, no, it, yeah. it, it was definitely part of a plot point. Yeah. Um, we, we and that actress, it. Eve Marlowe, is fantastic. She was. She trusted us. We trusted her, and and you know she went all in. You know we knew we were from scripting that that was going to be the psycho homage, um, and we were going to do psycho. Just except this time we're going to do gore and nudity, and uh, it turned out great. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we've had some reviews that have criticized it for not understanding the point of the psycho scene of not showing anything, and uh, sometimes you wish you could review the reviewers and go. What yeah. movie do you think you were watching? Do you not understand that was the whole point of it? It's a, yeah. It was. It was right it's after that. It's an homage. It's not a direct. Yeah. Rip off. It was. At, it was after that scene is when I made the comment to you, Sarah, on on Facebook Messenger. Oh, of, nice. I'm, ca- I'm starting to catch the homage because that one was like, if people don't catch that this is an Easter egg or a yeah. nod to Psycho, yeah. they're idiots. Well, and apparently you had a couple of reviewers who are idiots. Yeah, we have. That was well, the purpose of our last trailer. We made a trailer specifically calling out the reviewers. <laughs> they, they used all the negative reviews. Yeah, we, we use the negative quotes as a something to propel the trailer because it's yeah. Yes, it's classic. gratuitous. Yes, it's over the top. Yes, it's there's a lot of nudity, but that's that was the whole point of it. Is <laughs> but but again, ridiculousness. It, the nudity that was there still didn't feel gratuitous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it. Right. It felt like it. It was natural to the film. Yeah. It's not it was, like. Yeah. It's not like. Friday the Thirteenth. Come out of the barn. Take my top off right before I go run into Jason's machete. Yeah. That's gratuitous. Yeah, we went um, a different route. We said we're gonna. She's gonna get a drink spilled on her, and then she's gonna strip naked, try to clean the dress, and then take a shower. But we, you know, which that that was another moment that actually made me laugh pretty good too. That yeah. that <laughs> the spit take there that was good. Yeah. Well, you got to get her naked, so you're like, well, let's see, can we? Yeah. All right, this is what we're gonna do, and and uh, <laughs> she's gonna have fun with it. And like I said, she was so comfortable. Yeah, she's totally comfortable um, with it. She's such a pro. We had a close set. You know, we we you know treated her very well, and, and it was shot beautifully. Yeah, that's the other thing. It's like yeah. it's it's tasteful. It's beautiful. Um, and, and like I said, it felt natural to what was being developed at that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, now, thank you. I want to I want to derail briefly uh, and kind of stay on this subject matter. Um, as y'all said, you know, Sarah, you've done a lot of films with nudity and, and the sex scenes and all that. Mm-hmm. Do you feel a lot of that, especially in the independent world, has changed a lot from when you first started, or is it is still present? But there, the more mature directors or mature teams are are making it more tasteful, more graceful, instead of just putting it in for the sake of putting it in. I mean, I know there's a lot of no budget, super super low budget you know, filmmakers out that are filmmakers out there that are just throwing it in for, you know, just to throw it in to try to help sell the film. But, it, you know, maybe it helps on a certain level. But um, I feel like with technology, 
films in general, I think, are starting to look better as they should be. Um, so, you know, they're starting to shoot it maybe more artistically, um, less gratuitous. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Joe? I mean, there was generally a, a pushback um, and, yeah. for a while as to um, what you can show and not show because people get so easily offended now over everything. They look for a reason to get mad. Um, I mean, certainly we, we had comments, we had reviews based on this movie of how we were, you know, me and Marcel is two, two, I almost said two straight white men, but obviously Marcel is, uh, <laughs> he, he's as far from straight as you're going to get, um, you know, obviously made a movie that hates women. And it's like, well, no, no, no. Just as many men get brutally We're killed. celebrating women. Um, like, yeah. Yeah, we're I know we have I mean, so many strong females in the film. But ev everybody that. looks for a reason to get yeah. mad and upset now. And and, uh, and we're kind of pushing back on that, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, like, I was going to say, for it to be hate on women, well, then those people need to be open and then stop being hypocritical and go, well, then you can almost say you're you're hating on gays too yeah. because of the one sequence. Yeah. And, and it's an issue of you don't know the people involved with the project and, and you're just looking at it face value and going, eh. Yeah. And, and, and being college behind a keyboard. Yeah, exactly. Well, it, it's, it's interesting you say that because the, the gay scene, um, which is funny because I, I like writing stuff like that and then everybody always assumes it's Marcel that wanted <laughs> that in there, but it's, it's my way of doing it. But when I wrote that scene, I, I gave him character development. I gave him, you know, a little bit of before it gets to their their moment um but even that we had a reviewer that highlighted the fact that that character describes as coming out as being positive as something we shouldn't have done in the movie because a lot of gay men when they come out it's not a positive experience so the movie should reflect that which is so fucking stupid like why can't we say it? it's, it's okay i mean especially now you know, Especially now, it's okay to be gay. It's okay to come out. It's it's so changed so much. So to say it's a problem that somebody had a good experience is just highlights people looking for something to bitch about. And it was the about. weirdest thing. And this has been going for a while. When when Sarah started in the movie Blind, she plays a an actress that that ends up losing her vision, and we got I can't tell you how many reviews were pissed off that we didn't hire a blind woman to play the lead role. Oh yeah, uh, it's so ridiculous. And not to mention within, within the movie, there are scenes where she's not blind as well. Um, but listen, you, you're making an indie movie on a low budget. There's just no way to make that work. You can't. Yeah. Like that movie in particular, we did have a cast member that was blind, and that's the cast member um, that that Sarah and Caroline Williams both spend a day with in order to see how they move around and to, to get a good sense of of how to treat it properly. But then you read reviews and people go, I we see people say, well, did they even look into real blind people and people come back? No, they didn't. Well, how the fuck they do you know? know? You've got no idea. We did our research. And, you know, like, like Joe said, I, I spent the day, we both spent the day, yeah. um, you know, and it was just something very important to us because we wanted to treat it with respect. Right. So see, we, we just talked about this last week with the guests we had had on last week uh who who's involved with pr and, and fan relations um and, and we were talking about like some casting decisions or similar or the similar type of thing uh the two big examples we brought up was iron fist and dr strange dr strange ancient one had no problems that the ancient one was female but the ancient one still should have been asian instead of going druid celtic druid then the other in which, you know, there were a bunch of people who, who, you know, that we were seeing online as well that kind of agreed with us at the time. And no problem with the gender change. It's the race change that should have happened. And then we get Iron Fist. And everyone's like, why isn't Danny Rand? How come he's not Asian? Uh, have you not read the comic and realized that it's a rich, spoiled white guy who ends up? Because, I mean, Nick Fury... Samuel L. Jackson, no problem with the race change there. 
Because honestly, for Nick Fury, tell me a white guy who's going to pull off that. Don't you say David Hasselhoff? David Hasselhoff. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me a tell me a white guy outside of Hasselhoff who could pull off Nick Fury. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell can pull off anything. Hell yeah! Uh, But you know, but Kurt Russell's got it's got better parts. I I think he has better roles in in the MCU. Than yeah, playing Fury. I, I just think Kurt Russell could play anything. I would have let Kurt Russell play Harper in a heartbeat. And then sat there without even thinking twice. Um, no, it, it's it's a tough time because there's legitimate bitches and gripes out there. There really are. Yeah. But it gets taken to such a degree that, you know, the, the majority of our films, at least half the cast were writing for people we know. Um and that are talented friends and we're giving them opportunities and uh and we do some casting calls for things of course but you know if we have somebody that fits we're gonna definitely we're gonna go that route you know it's to think somebody can make an indie movie in 10 days where the actress is really blind but they're the lead of the whole movie um and they're in almost every scene it's just it can't happen if we had six months and, and a lot more money you could. So at that point, we didn't think it was going to be a problem. And right. we, we quickly realized, oh, shit, people are just going to bitch about everything. Well, and then here's my question. If you have a film about a serial killer, do you hire a real serial killer? Well, yeah. <laughs> it just, it just, it's gotten to the point where it's just yeah. absurd. Well, but I think it's maybe I, getting better. Yeah. People are actors. Um, it's called acting. Yeah, it's called acting. Um, yeah, yeah. Let us do our job. There's, there's certain things we're here for, you, we're should, hired for. you should try to, and I agree that should still fit and, and you keep it the way it is. And, um, well, I was going to say, in y'all's case, y'all don't need to hire a real serial killer to play a serial killer. You have one who's doing the writing of the script. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> we're hard. I know the ins and outs of, of <laughs> the serial killer lifestyle. Um, well, no, and it's it's what 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 made this transition into oh it was about you getting naked oh yeah she well, gets naked in the, the new movie <laughs> oh it, it was talking about hey, maybe it was I don't like I said we derail yeah um, and she wasn't naked in Space Wars which no. again we'll repeat if you haven't seen Space Wars run out and see that please yes. watch Space Wars plus the Deep Star. I actually watched that again after I watched the, That's a Wrap. I'm like, you know, I got to see Space Wars again. Yeah. Aww. Two very different roles for her. Part, yes. Partially because very I'm different like, movies. what was the movie we had her on for? I know it was in, took place in space. I, could, I blanked on Space Wars. <laughs> so when I looked it up in IMDb, I'm like, I'm watching it again. Yay. I want to check out that blind movie. That sounds pretty interesting. Yes, yeah, please that, that's do. The, that's the next one on my list. Oh, there was another one I started to watch on Roku. And then uh, something came up and I just didn't get back to it. I don't remember what popped Yeah, Lion was the first film that Joe, Marcel, and I did together. That's kind of where everything just really clicked. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, soon after we shot Blind, like it was a year later, yeah. we shot Pretty Boy, a sequel to Blind. Mm. Um, that Lionsgate is going to be putting out at some point. Yeah. Um, at some point, they'll release it. <laughs> Hopefully. Lionsgate is just something else. They're a great company, don't get me wrong, but it's like we, we should have had our movie out years ago. <laughs> I mean, the good thing they do is they treat every movie like John Wick, whether it's a low budget or a big budget. I don't know if that's a, it's a, a super good thing. Yeah. It's like they're different movies. Yeah, I'm certainly not going to. I love Lionsgate, and I'm certainly not going to be on any kind of podcast saying anything negative about Lionsgate. Oh, that, 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 that doesn't happen here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's just frustrating. That's all I'm yeah. saying. I, yeah. I'm going I'm going through the list. I think it was automation I was starting to watch because we talked about oh, it on yeah. um, Space Wars. Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah, I was starting first, to watch it. Awesome. That was his first feature film um as a director. And that one was a lot of fun. I had a blast with and, that one. So I hope you guys enjoy that one too. And I'm gonna, and it's one I keep meaning to want to watch because another two-time guest of Weeby Geeks is in it, Hanukkah. Oh, oh Hanukkah! <laughs> I, never, 
if you, oh yeah, yeah. If, if, you're gonna, if you're gonna watch Hanukkah, I would <laughs> recommend waiting till next year. Um, without saying anything, it's it's going to get a much better release in a better version. Okay, um, interesting than the one that was that was put out. Um, I, I still want to see the one that was put out. Yeah, but okay. I will definitely, you know, wait for when y'all say the upgrades out. We'll watch it again. I mean, because, listen, because there's three people in the movie that that we know yeah. personally, and that's you guys and Sadie. Yeah, so I'm looking yeah. through this cast to see if there's anyone else we've interviewed. I don't think no, there's no one else. It was a heavy movie to do. It was both Dick Miller and Sid Haig's last movie. Um, oh wow! So and you know a lot of people know I I got in the industry based on uh, I'm where I am because of Sid. Sid was a good friend of mine, and um, I started as a fiction writer, and we became friends, and I did a lot of convention tours and stuff with him. And he opened a lot of doors for me. So during the Hanukkah uh, time frame, Sid was, he was sick. Um, and uh, we all knew. So to get an opportunity on that to come in and play his son in the movie was, it's the reason I agreed to it right away. Um, you know, I was in the process of writing an interview request to Sid Hay for this show. Oh. Yeah. When it broke that he had passed, I'm like, "Yeah, well, this interview is trash. This request is trash." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and he would have gladly done the show. He was one of the the yeah. coolest people I've ever had the privilege to know. Was just a nice guy, and yeah. uh, I was a nobody when we became friends. And and like I said, he opened doors, and you know our friendship stuck. You know, we did so many crazy things together, and uh, he was just so much fun Charles, um, Charles Fleischer is another person I want to get on the show because he's done I mean Crypt Keeper oh yeah yeah I mean, Roger Rabbit Roger Rabbit I mean uh, yeah it, it's yeah. so much it, and I would love to get him on the show okay. um, yeah he was the original Nightmare on Elm Street yeah trying to say there was another movie i'm just going back there was no i thought there was another movie i was starting to watch and i'm i'm, I'm looking on the list and it's just not popping out it, i think it was just whatever i searched your name in roku and it was there was blind which i i skipped past um automation which i started to watch and then there was something else that came after that so it was one of the first three uh i would recommend okay. the special sarah's uh good in the movie the special Okay. Um, and that one's watchable. Okay. Um, you know, there's, uh, like I said, we both did a lot of things that I just couldn't recommend. I won't publicly, you know, <laughs> you know what? If it, if it's one of those, like, for instance, Green Lantern can't blame Ryan Reynolds for that film. Yeah. Even though a lot of people do, it was a bad script. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't blame, well, you, you really can't blame Jake Lloyd for Phantom Menace, bad script. Yeah. You can't blame Jake Lloyd for Jingle All the Way. The, it really wasn't a film focused on him. It was Arnold and Sinbad. Yeah. You know, actually, surprisingly, I've discovered recently there's a lot of people that actually love that movie. Jingle I, All I the Way? I mean, it's entertaining. I love Jingle it. All the Way is great. Shot, <laughs> shot in Minnesota. Yeah. I, I see. I, I lean a little different because of being a writer. I know, especially in the studio system, um, mm-hmm. the scripts that are written don't always end up being the ones that are made. Right. Uh, when you right. get into the, the bigger budget studio, there's 20 people giving you notes, and you have to incorporate all of them, or somebody's going to sink your movie. Right. Because uh, yeah. I get a lot of shit. One of the movies I won't talk about um, is a movie I wrote that the script was solid. It's not the best thing I've ever written, but it was it was solid, and the movie itself sucks more ass than Michael Jackson at a McDonald's play place. It is just the worst <laughs> fucking piece of shit there is. And I read two reviews, both of which blamed the writing. And I'm like, well, no, the writing, the script was fine. It's yeah. everything that went into it. And we, we live in a time frame where the writers get blamed. So I, I generally give the writers a little more of a pass sometimes. Because yeah, um, I get blamed for everything. Yeah. Um, writers don't ever get complimented. They just get blamed. 
Yeah. And but that's the way it is. Like I love Friday the Thirteenth Part Four, directed by Joe Zito. I can't tell you who wrote it. No idea. Yeah. And that stuff happens a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what the the writers do get: the chicks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, going going back and, and blaming the writer. I mean, even Ryan Reynolds said, "You know, I took on the project because I thought you know, it's a character I loved. And I thought yeah. it was going to be a better script." Yeah. And even it might him, have been dog shit from the beginning. It might have been. Uh, I mean, Jake Lloyd, well, even when Mark Hamill sits down and says, you know, look at our screen test and the lines we had to say, I looked at George yeah. and says, who said this? Well, it's typical George Lucas type scripting. Okay. Because um, we also see it preve- uh, be the same way with Hayden Christensen. But then we go to Jumpers. Hayden Christensen had the same issue in Jumpers. It's I don't know if it was the script or how the script was interpreted by the director. Yeah, but it didn't work for, for it didn't put Hayden in a, in a good limelight. Yeah, and that's when people started. Oh, Hayden's a horrible actor. No, he's actually pretty decent. I've seen other stuff afterwards. He's actually pretty decent. Yeah, yeah but well, a lot of times too, with like the big studio movies, there's like. 20 different writers because they keep bringing in writers to rewrite this scene or redo this or punch this up or well the thought process is if one person wrote it how great would it be if now it's two minds right it ends up losing the flow and and there are times when like for me table reads are super great and We'll sit down at the table, read, and on paper they look good, but when it comes to actually saying them, it doesn't work. Yeah, I was just going to mention It just doesn't work, and you got to find ways to augment um, and work around it. And in every movie that comes out, no matter how brilliant the actor is, there's an edit and a version you can make that makes them look like they're the worst actor in the world. Oh, yeah. There's so much has to happen to have a movie come out. great and there's also times when you'll have actors that you think are brilliant and they're fucking terrible it's yeah. all editing <laughs> and choices that that <laughs> save them um, right. we've I, I mean i'll never name names but we've done it before yeah where people will praise somebody's performance that was really fucking bad but we fixed it and and that's that's great. That's what you should be all trying mm-hmm. to do. Just make the best movie yeah. possible. Yeah. That's always the goal. Yeah, those aren't her breasts in the movies. They're mine. Yeah. Like, we just do an insert of mine <laughs> and, and digitally remove the hair, and uh, and she gets the credit. Oh, well, can you imagine? That'd be so well, funny. Joe, yours are very perky. I very, very nice. Very, very impressive. Mine are nice. TV Twister time. Yeah. No, I don't. Like, you know, I don't like my nipples to play with. Um, I should have asked prior to the starting. Is anything okay to talk about? I just assume now in the world we live in, everything is is R rated. Right. You don't have to worry about it. The, the nice part with this, I could go in and label this specific episode explicit for language, and we're okay. It's not gonna. It doesn't matter because every single word we say is offensive to somebody. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, I've pissed off half of America <laughs> without even trying. Um, it doesn't take much. No. Sometimes. So, so what's next for you guys? Because well, 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 I'm going, before, I'm going before, to the hospital once this interview. <laughs> my foot is all fu- my foot is all fucked up, but I'm waiting to go to the emergency room until this show is done. <laughs> I specifically said, "Nope, let's do the show, and then you can take me to the emergency room." So the immediate future is a hospital visit, but uh, <laughs> as to the rest, uh, we just had our cast crew industry screening for our new film, Garden of Eden, uh, two nights ago. Yes. Um, so we're super, super excited. There's not much information out about that one yet because we're planning a full festival run. Um, but that I would definitely like to see. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's very different from that to rap. Yeah. Every, every film we do from our production company, we want to do something different, something unique. We want to keep people guessing and on their toes. And this one will really... I think it's an interesting one. It is because when we did that's a wrap, 
the screenings were all great. Our feedback was all great. We had many people come to us and say, you guys found your thing. You should be doing horror comedies. <laughs> so when it, we put our heads together and say, what should we do next? We all agreed. We're going to do the exact opposite. We want to do yeah. something that there's not a moment of happiness in the whole movie. And uh, <laughs> so we went out and did that. And it's a movie that we're super proud of. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to do very well. It's going to be controversial. We certainly have elements in there that are going to maybe trigger people. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, yeah, I'm it's, super excited. It's very artistic. It's beautiful. It's brutal. Um, it's, a, it's about a religious family that's very rich. And in order to give back, they throw uh, garden parties where everybody's in masks. And uh, somebody at the party gets open, everybody opens boxes, one of them gets a key, and that's the key to making their dreams come true. Uh, but what ends up happening is sometimes people's dreams are other people's nightmares. So it gets very... Um, Interesting. You know, I, I would say American Horror Story meets Hostel meets Martyrs. It's really intense. Hmm. Super uh, proud of it. As soon as um, you said mass, I'm also thinking eyes wide shut. Yeah, there's an eyes yeah. wide shut element mm -hmm. as well. Um, and we just, we kind of just said, fuck it. Let's just go out and, and make something that, you know, we were super lucky and that we found uh, an investor, Manuel Seuss, our executive producer, that believed in us and said, listen, guys, just make whatever you want. I'll fund it. Um, so I kind of looked at Marcel and Sarah and we said, let's dig off the most fucked up thing we have that, you know, we might have never thought yes. we were going to. It's actually the first thing I ever wrote for Marcel mm -hmm. six years ago. And the time wasn't right. If we would have made it back then, it would have been a very different movie. Yeah. Um, but now, six years later, it was the right time. So it was super, super cool to, to spring that on people. Nobody had a clue what it was in the theater. Um, Nobody had a clue shooting it. Our first five days were all at a, a, a mansion, mansion, the religious family's home, and it was very much a garden party and, and religious conversations. And then we got to day six or seven, yeah. and we moved into the more uh, horror aspect. Yeah, the brutal aspect. And suddenly the crew walked into that and went, oh, shit, this is what yes. we're doing. <laughs> so the the crew never reads the script. Yeah, the DP knows. Yeah, of um, course. And, but... and the the gaffer generally knows just because of lighting. Yes. But the rest of the crew, they have no idea. The looks on their faces were priceless. Yeah. <laughs> it was wonderful. Um, so we're super stoked. We've entered that into a number of festivals that yes. hopefully we'll start screening around next year. Um, and you know, at some point there'll be a teaser coming out. Right now, there's not much. We've got a poster. Um, that's kind of floating around. We deadlined it an article when we made it. Mm -hmm. um, so that's our, our second movie. And we've shot a third movie, which we can't really talk about at all, but we shot another movie a month and a half ago. Secretly. Secretly shot. Um, <laughs> that's really fucking exciting. It's, it's, uh, I'm a huge fan of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. Great comedy. So, well, the original is um, a great comedy. Uh, yeah, it's, oh, yes. I think the original Chainsaw Massacre is the greatest horror film of all time. Um, so we 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 did something in that line, kind of thinking of 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 that. So again, something very different from *Human yeah. Garden of Eden*, yeah. and that's a wrap. Okay. So we're going to give you something completely different and new. Yeah, and uh, and and it's been great. You know, Sarah did an animated movie this last year. I don't yes. know how much you can talk about that. Is the monstro. We're going to start talking about that now that the strike's over, which is amazing. Awesome. Uh, our filmmaker, Stephen Shea, can start uh, talking about that because they're wrapping that up. And yeah. It's an animated feature, super, super fun and uh, very graphic, like kind of like along the lines of Futurama, South Park, that kind of humor. <laughs> yeah, awesome. it's so funny. Yeah. My character's so ridiculous. <laughs> uh, and it was announced that uh, when George Romero passed away, he was writing his last uh, yeah. dead movie called Twilight of the Dead. And yeah. I was one of the writers brought in to finish. Um, and uh, they've got Brad Anderson directing oh, okay. it, who did uh, The Machinist, Session 9, The Calls, The Fringe, okay. so many great things. So he's, right. he's a fantastic director. So that's looking at going into production uh, the first quarter of next year. 
So that's super exciting. Um, that was just yeah. an honor to get a work on it all. That, that was one of those moments where you're like, really? I, I'm a really, huge, we're going to finish this? Um, I'm a yeah. huge George Romero fan. Yeah. And uh, yes. the, fir- the first college I went to was Carnegie Mellon. And it wasn't until I got there that I found out that that's actually where George Romero went to the undergrad at. Oh. Or, What's your favorite dead movie? Uh, for me, I, I'm still a sucker for the original uh, Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. I'm a Dawn guy. Sarah's a day. Uh, yeah, I don't, well, it's hard to pick between day and Dawn, but I think day more for me. Well, it, here, here's, the fun, here's the fun part. Um, 1989, that fall, is when they were doing the color remake and shooting around Pittsburgh. Yeah. And I was a freshman at Carnegie, and, they, and during freshman orientation, they took all of us theater techs from the fine arts department over on set and we got to work the work a day on set wow wow and, that's and i got awesome. i got to work with uh savini mm-hmm. yeah savini's awesome and i learned how to make the, the blood pack the, the explosive blood packs nice that's so, awesome. yeah that was a lot of fun and of course we didn't get credit you know, yeah, yeah. It, it was part of a visit it's like well y'all are here y'all want to work yeah <laughs> Jimmy, how do you say no yeah like be a part of a george romero film yeah yeah hell yeah so. Yeah, that's amazing. Super cool. Um, Tom is super cool, which yep. you know is how we got him. He's a friend, so that's how we got him for that's around. Yes. Um, okay. Just See, a super nice guy. I, I, I want to get Tom on the show too. He's Tom, great. Tom, Tom is awesome. Um, Tom, um, Tom and Rick Baker are like my mm. top two go-to oh. effects artists. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Rick's great. I always got to throw Rob Botin in just because yeah. of the thing. Um, mm-hmm. His effects in the thing were just legendary. But um, and, and here's the funny part with Rick Baker: the the makeup effects that drew me in was from Star Wars, his oh. cantina stuff on Star Wars. Yeah, not the horror films. That's what led me to go check out when I heard this is Rick Baker. Well, who other stuff has he done? And then I started yeah. researching. Like, oh, okay. That was an wow. interesting twist. Nice. Yeah, yeah he's fantastic. The thing is one of my all-time favorite horror movies. Yeah. Oh, I love it. We both do. I, I think The Thing is a perfect movie. So yeah. It, it's an absolute masterpiece. We watch it multiple times a year, yeah. but it's one of our big movies we watch around Christmas. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's one of our Christmas movies. We watch, you know, if there's snow in it, to me, it's a Christmas movie. So. Sure, sure. I get it. I get Empire it. Strikes Back is a Christmas movie to me. Now you're talking. Um, and, uh, I got to ask, because I saw this meme go around Facebook this year for Halloween. And for me, it was a hard to sit. Well, with the four, it was hard, but it was kind of easy. Of these four movies or four horror film villains, one has to go. Jason, Freddy, Michael Myers, or Scare Mask. And I know that's the wrong name. The character. Ghostface? Ghostface, thank you. Oh. Yeah, Ghostface is gone. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Yeah, it's a pretty easy decision. Like I said, <laughs> even though even though Scream was amazing, you know, amazing it's set of films. It's an absolute yeah, but I mean, now, see, now is where we for, for me, Marcel for me, on. Well, Marcel would have said someone else. Yeah, Marcel's favorite movie of all time is Scream. Yeah, so he would have been the one that said <laughs> he has to say. <laughs> see, um, I mean, for me, it was an easy choice saying Ghostface, but I mean, it was real close saying Jason. Mm. Nah, I keep Jason. Jason's my favorite. That's my favorite franchise. I would love to see them do like. Remember when they did the the Freddy versus Jason movie? Yeah. If they added in Michael Myers, that would be like that would have been an awesome sequel. Freddy versus Jason versus Michael Myers, or or, <laughs> or even a a Freddy versus Michael mm-hmm. could have been. Yeah, maybe. very interesting. See, I don't think I don't think Freddy versus or uh, Michael versus Jason would have worked. You you wouldn't have had any dialogue in the movie. No, no, and you would have had one slowly walking after the other for an hour and a half. Yeah, and and then oh, you'd have like instead of dueling banjos, you'd have like dueling theme music. Yeah, pretty much. But, but I think, <laughs> but I think Freddy Freddy Michael would have made a very intriguing film. Mm-hmm. 
especially if you had you know jamie lee curtis and uh oh what's her name nightmare involved in it as well yeah heather langenkamp yes yeah oh hell yeah you know, have that have that group of four that could have made a heck of a, of a crossover movie, mashup movie. Okay, I think. So, you know, I, I figured when you said the four, it was going to be Freddie, Jason, Leatherface, and Michael Myers. One has to go. Very, that'd be tough. It would have been just as quick for me to say Michael Myers because I, I love the other three so much. Yeah. But I think for most people, that's a harder pick then. Um, See, it, it, for me, it'd be a coin flip between Michael Myers and Leatherface. Okay, I will say. The original Texas Chainsaw Massacre is the first horror film that I really almost got kicked out of a movie showing because I was laughing so hard. That's the movie. That's the movie. Um, I've told this story to us before, but that's the movie where I watched it one night. I, we had a one of my friends had a birthday sleepover slumber party and uh, we watched it. And then the next morning, I woke up to the sound of somebody cutting down a tree with a chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> that's and that's not good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was terrifying you, I'm sure. Oh, I bet. Yeah, oh, yeah. I was like, what? I was like, I don't remember, like maybe 12 or 13 or something like that. I don't remember. But, yeah. <laughs> just, just waking up to that, you're like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, – I, I could only imagine. I mean, I watched – all that stuff when I was a kid and th- there's something for me with original chainsaw it still feels real mm, yeah. um, it still has that and, and particularly like I don't like the blu-ray I don't like the you know 4k or because it's too clean I like seeing a you know DVD's fine VHS is even better it, it just makes you feel like you're there and it's so iconic um, mm. Yeah. With that being said, my favorite horror film of all time is Texas Chainsaw 2. I think one yeah. is the greatest horror film, but two is my favorite for a lot of weird reasons, which lets you know why I write the stuff I write, because Chainsaw 2 is, generally speaking, nobody's favorite movie of all time. Um, but I also have Grease in my top five, so that's, that lets you know how my mind works. Yeah, that's a pretty bad horror movie. For, for horror films, I think <laughs> at least... In my in my top five, um, I have to think about the other three. Uh, Nightbreed, that's that good. And um, well, Night of the Living Dead's up there in the top five. Um, but the uh, I really enjoyed. I don't remember which one. It's the nightmare film where they're reading the script and being killed in the script. Yeah, Wes Craven's new nightmare. Oh, which, yes. I love that. Yes. So ahead of its time. It, it just showed how brilliant Wes was. That movie was so ahead of its time. Yeah. Um, it's brilliant. My my ultimate favorite horror movie, and it's also one of my favorite um, top five comedies of all time, uh, is Evil Dead 2. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I love that movie so much. Yeah, Evil Dead 2. So I got a tattoo of Evil Dead 2. Oh, cool. Nice. Um, <laughs> brilliant. Um, but if you guys had to pick a top six, number six would definitely be That's a Wrap, I'm, I'm guessing, right? <laughs> number number six. I'm actually putting That's a Wrap in, in the top five. Okay, that's what yeah. I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be weird and expect no. that. But it makes sense. <laughs> No, I mean, I mean, with all the different horror films I've I've seen up to date, of ones I've absolutely enjoyed, that's rap is is in the top five because of the homages and the Easter eggs. And I'm one of those people. I like the campy characters. I like campiness. Uh, like Derek uh, put on Facebook earlier today that McFarlane Toys is releasing a bunch of DC figures, and one Captain of the figures, Carrot, baby. huh? Captain Carrot. Captain Carrot. I love that, Captain Carrot. <laughs> And I, you know, I'm the guy who likes Howard the Duck. I like, I like these strange and unique characters. Yeah. From Star Wars, Jackson, the rabbit from the original comics, who's now canon because he's brought in, been brought into the, the modern comics. I love the wacky, like, characters. So yeah, when I, I saw I, that, I'm like, I, I'm going to have to get Captain Carrot now. It's on my list. That's, aw- that's awesome. And I, and I appreciate you, whether you guys think it's top five or not. Um, if you don't, uh, that's totally fine, too. It's okay with, to be wrong sometimes. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I, and listen, we're just happy that anybody wants to watch it. And we certainly all worked hard on it. And, you know, it's, it's tough because Indy now, 
you know, the movies don't get pushed. They're kind of just put out there and you, you hope they find an audience and, right. uh, you know, our feedback's been good for it. And at the end of the day, our goal is always just to make a movie. You don't have to justify. You can just go, okay, here's the movie. Watch it. You don't have to go, well, here's the thing. If we had more money, if we had this, that's right. We didn't have a lot of money. We didn't have a lot of days, but we're proud. There's not much we would have done differently with more money. Mm -hmm. It's just yeah. a movie that it's what we wanted to make and we had fun with it and we hope people have fun with it as well. And it's everywhere. I it's not, it's to be, it's, it's freebie. It's, it's, uh, um, all that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, and, you if, know, you, we're and if you go to Amazon prime to watch it, it's going to direct to freebie freebie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Great. So. I think I think um, like the two B's and the freebies and everything. I think they're uh, they become uh, pretty good places for a lot of the smaller films. Pluto TV is the same one. Yeah, Pluto TV. Yeah, the one that I'm, I I really also hyped a lot in the you know way back when when we were starting the show you know starting Weeby Geeks, which I can't believe are coming close to eleven our eleven year anniversary. Wow, of this show. Uh, is um crackle sony's crackle oh yeah i think we're on there too well i, and, I don't know and, about crackle. And, and it's almost like crackle has almost dropped off yeah into obscurity wasn't crackle where joe dirt 2 first popped up i uh, think I, so. I remember right because that was one of the big ones mm. 10 years ago where when you would uh, buy something and have programs pre-programmed, then you'd get Crackle. My Sony Blu-ray player on the apps was Crackle. Yeah, because it's a Sony product. And yeah. that's where I rediscovered uh, Parker Lewis Can't Lose Again. Oh, nice. <laughs> Which I loved that show as a, you know, during the yeah, high I, school. I have seen it since I was, I was that age of it coming out, yeah. but uh, I know. But to see I that, remember it being cool. And then shortly after I talked about it on the show that, hey, I, I was catching this. I went back a couple months later and it was gone. Yeah. No, 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 no. Aww. Sony, you don't do that crap to me. <laughs> that, that stuff happens all the time. Yeah. It's so, a shame, too, sometimes. Yeah. Where, where can people find you guys online? Well, um, I do a lot of social media. So uh, everyone can find me online on Instagram at Sarah French Online. I am also active on Facebook. Just type in my name, Sarah French. And I'm on Twitter as well as Scarlet underscore Salem. Okay. Um, I bounce in and out of the FBI's 10 most wanted list, <laughs> uh, depending on the, the month of the year. Um, no, I listen, I'm not a social media guy. I'm not huge. I have Instagram. I have Facebook. I don't even know the name I'm under. Probably my own. Um, but the easiest way to get a hold of me is just through Sarah. She's a she's a social media darling. I'm just the don't call me that. The, what darling? <laughs> you're you're, you're just darling. like yeah, you, you're the one who knows how to push the buttons and push hey, pictures. Hey Joe, there, 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 there are terms for people like us or social yeah. mediates. <laughs> I like that. Oh, I thought you were going to say old. So that's I, I I was a huge social media fan when it was just about having fun. So was I. And then it got crazy and it got weird and, and then it became. Yeah. When, when, when all of a sudden I had to start using it as a tool, I'm like, okay, I'm now a, a social media idiot. Hey, a social yeah. media. It's, it's, it's honestly the best way to promote your work, to promote yourself, to stay in touch with the fans, the friends, the family. I mean, it just, um, it's great. I love, I love, you know, sharing my work and I've actually gotten a lot of jobs on, you know, uh, Facebook and Instagram and things like that. So it's just a really good way to connect and meet people. And it's, it's a really, um, it, it can be a really great tool if you I, use it properly. I, I have found with Instagram, what helps me is like when this show drops, um, I have headliner that will take a, make a one minute clip. Nice. And I okay. throw that on Instagram, like, hey, Perfect. preview of our of the next show. There you go. And uh, it it draws a lot of lot of traction. So it's it's, on, it's, it's what the world works. Right I don't know, but other than that, I I struggle on Instagram. Yeah. That works. I struggle on everything. <laughs> I struggle in life. <laughs> <laughs> she does. It's, she has such a hard life. <laughs> 
hiking in the, you know, in the Griffith Park and then an afternoon bubble bath with a glass of wine. It's, <laughs> she, she has a tough Hey, life. that's not every day. The well, hiking, yes, but. <laughs> well, thank you guys for coming on with us. It was a blast. Really enjoyed the movie. Mean it. Thank you. I mean, anytime we say that with any of our guests, it's because we mean it, not because we're we're trying to blow smoke up ass. Well, you guys are great. Thank you, sir, for that one time. And you know who you are out there. So (laughs) we we do appreciate that because we're going to talk about what happens. We we, used, uh, we haven't done it in a while, but I have um, on my other podcast I do with my friend Keeps of the Fringe. We used to say we used to end the show by saying uh, we appreciate each and every one of you for listening, except for that one guy. You know who you are. <laughs> there was never a guy, so it was just like. <laughs> oh no, there's some guy that's sitting there going, "That motherfucker's talking about me." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. My- when Garden of Eden comes out and you start getting some reviewers, let's have let's have fun with some of the negative reviews. Yeah, definitely. Because <laughs> I I've done that over on my Marvel podcast well, where we we've we've commented on some of the comments from at, from iTunes or podcast reviews on Apple Podcasts, and, and we, we just could, have so could, much fun ripping them. Yeah, we could do that, but I I sincerely doubt there will be any negative reviews. Aww. Well, I, I would, oh, I, I hope not. To believe that, but I believe well, we, hey, we use it all as a positive anyway. Yeah. So negative or positive, we're happy. There you go. <laughs> no, because here's at the end of the day, the haters still go out and watch the movie. Yeah, just as much yeah, exactly. as the lovers, well, so, so, um, I mean, to, to pull to pull back the curtain on us a little bit. I mean, there there's been times we we've had projects presented to us. We watch it and we're like, "Ooh, this is gonna be a hard mm-hmm. interview." Yeah, and, and it's like this is a hard watch. Then we get into the interview. It's like, okay, now I'm starting to understand the film a little bit more. I think we yeah. lost your audio. Can you Uh-oh. hear me? Can you guys hear us? We hear you. Hello. 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 Uh oh. Hello. We see. We seem to have lost audio. Uh oh. If you can still hear us, that's a wrap. Is now available at all your online retailers. And on. Oh, they do hear us. We don't hear that. Okay. On that note, then. Well, we can. We can hear. We don't hear you guys. You hear us. So I guess it's up to us to. To say thank you for having us on the show. It's always wonderful speaking uh, to you guys. And uh, thank you for promoting Space Wars. If you haven't seen it, go see it. Thank you for promoting That's a Wrap. Um, You should go see that one as well. And uh, I'm going to be going to the hospital now. (laughs) So it's been good (laughs) chatting. And... uh, if they amputate my foot, we'll send it to you guys and you can give it away in, in a contest or something. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. You're amazing. We'll talk again soon. All right. See you guys. The bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production.